Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's stand on our feet all together now. Hallelujah. I feel a Holy Ghost shout coming on. I said I feel a Holy Ghost shout coming on. Look what the Lord has done. Are you grateful today? That song just lists a number of things that he is to us. He's our baptizer. He's our healer. He's our soon coming king. He is the rose of Sharon. He is our peace. He is our everything. He is the center of our joy. He is the baptizer. He is the deliverer. He is your savior. He's the one that comes through right when you thought there was no way out. He is the way maker. He is the one that is the present time in trouble. He is your answer. Hallelujah. How many of you can testify with an uplifted hand that God's been faithful to you? Can you testify today? Do you have a testimony today that God's been good to you, that he's been faithful to you, that he's come through for you, and that he's never disappointed you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. You alone are worthy of our praise. We glorify you in this place. We're so grateful, so thankful for all that you have done. But Father God, we just have such an expectation of what lies ahead for us and all of your children. Father, we thank you that your presence is tangible in this place. Well, we thank you. We're so grateful for all the things that you've revealed. All the revelation we've experienced. All the healings, the miracles, the provisions. Father, we're grateful today. No one but you could possibly do what all you have done in our lives. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We're so grateful in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be here today? You're in the same room with God today. Wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, he is in the midst of them. He doesn't just show up just to say something. He likes to do things. Yes. Amen. Everyone say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Do you believe that? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, you can be dis- dis- No, not dismissed. You can be seated. <laughs> We're not done. We're just getting started. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We're far from dismissing. Hello, Harvest Family Church. We're so glad to be your favorite traveling ministers. Amen. Amen. This church has had many wonderful gifts and anointings and different ministry offices that have come through Harvest Family Church. And wow, have you all been blessed in these 30 years. That's so true. As Pastor was saying, look what the Lord has done. Miss Friend, I think we just need to sing it right now. Go ahead. I'm just... Someone uh, in the presence of Ray Jean Wilson did a uh, blood-bought church right while he was sitting there. I thought that wasn't right. <clears throat> but, um, wow, I just, I just want to take this moment in. We're so honored to be a part of this ministry. And uh, this, 
this ministry and uh, Durant Ministries, uh, I was just thinking on the way over here, uh, I don't know if it was the first building that you had. Uh, it had a lot of windows across the back and some uh, brown paneling. And I remember when, uh, was it Lucy uh, that helped you decorate that little back room? And I just remember how excited you were because there was like a nice polo picture there <laughs> and those club lounge chairs, you know, and you were so excited about, look how, how beautiful this is. And the, and the room was like five by five, you know. <laughs> and, you know, just, we, just met, we just remember every little thing, the, the, the little beginnings, you know. Oh, really? And I remember back in that church, I was preaching hard one time. You know, these are just little memories, you know. I was preaching on uh, who God is as El Shaddai. He's not just the God who's more than enough. He's the God who can supersede, reverse, accelerate, and reverse over law for one of his covenant people. Man, we, we were just taking El Shaddai to a whole nother level. And I, and I was so on fire, you know, just preaching away. And I looked and I said, you just can't listen to, you know how there's that saying, you can't just listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. But instead of saying that, I said, you just can't listen to just Bubba. And Bubba's sitting on the second row. And everyone started laughing. I thought, what is everyone laughing about, you know? I go, well, that's, that's Bubba. <laughs> Bubba Lambert, you know? So, you know, just, you know, I've got so many memories of, of, of ministering at this church and uh, times in the presence of God. And, uh, you know, there's just some, uh, this place has seen some wonderful moves of God. Amen? And uh, mainly do because you've got pastors who are hungry for God. You know, and so goes the pastor, so, so goes the sheep. And, you know, recently we were in Carmel, Indiana, and I, I think this was the hungriest church I've been at in five to ten years. And it just lets me know we can be hungrier. It lets, you know, because God goes where faith puts him, you see. Did you know that? God, it's not like, uh, you know, we, we don't tell what God to do, but He's already said what he wants to do, and when people get hungry and people get thirsty, God then wants to show up where he's desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's our part. We have the, the, the hand on the knob of whether we're hungrier or we're less hungry. And uh, I refuse to let some brand new Rama graduate be more on fire than me. I said it years ago. I said, I'm not going to be in the ministry for 30 years and find out some other Rama person is hungrier than me or on fire than me. If you've been in this for a long time, Church of God, if you've been at this for 30 years, there ought to be, some, there ought to be something. There ought to be something on the inside of you that says we found the answer. We've got the answer. God is our source. He never has let us down. There ought to be a fire on the inside of you. Not getting, not wanting to retire, but refire. If you tasted something and it's not good, it's not God. You know, the Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. He's, he's not weird. He's good. But you know, we, we have to desire him. But this church, this ministry, you know, when uh, the McNeeses were at Ramah, I mean, I don't know if you know how much of an honor it is to be an instructor at Rhema, but Pastor Bill, was there something other than righteousness that you also ministered, or was that the main subject? Redemptive? Oh, that must have been a fun class, Old Testament prophecy. No, no that, that probably is good. 
some people could, could bring light to it. But, uh, you know, Pastor Bill, he was one of the instructors at Raymond, and then was one of the Bible school, um, school of the Bible pastors. And uh, I can only imagine how blessed you are by all the teaching <laughs> that this man has brought to you. I can't yes. What's it like to be you? I mean, I'm, I want to ask you, what's it like to be you? That you've been, I don't know, some of you, maybe five years, maybe some 15 years. Was it 29, 30 years for you? Wow. You, you know what? Pastor said, I mean, Brother Cedric, he, he looks like he, he, he has a cord plugged into the wall with power. You know, but the thing is, that's what someone who's received the word uh, looks like. You know, it's not just his personality. I, I have found out that, you know, when you walk with God, you, you become more like him. Yeah. Or you should. Are you all here today? Yeah. Just touch your neighbor. Just say, are you here? Are you listening? <clears throat> so I was uh, thinking about this morning, and I said, Lord, what? You know, the, the, the McNeeses want us to come celebrate with them. And that's what today is really about. But at the same time, we want to obey God. We want to do whatever... He wants us to do. So I was just, really, I just took some time, and I, I was just re- reminiscing. You ever do that, you know? Just, you know, the Bible says, forget not all of his benefits. Yeah. I tell you what, there's been a lot of benefits. And I, I, I've just, I've been, just been recently for the last two or three weeks just thinking about this church and all the benefits, and I, I really started to think about some of the things that I have ministered here. And uh, I think about how, uh, how parallel our ministries are. You know, I, I, I really believe that God knew what he was doing when he put the desire for golfing in your pastor because he knew somehow we were going to come together. So he was going to have to come around to that eventually, right? Fred is going, oh, here we go. But I've had so much fun with Pastor Bill. And uh, we have had some great times together. And I think we're closer than I even thought we were, I think. You know, last year, my, my actually, uh, as far as I found out, uh, my friend Bruce Black, who has stepped over to the other side, uh, I found out before, he, or before the funeral that I spoke at, Pastor Hagen was there, and Mark Hankins spoke there, and Mark Brzee and Jonathan Del Turco and, and Annie and I spoke at this. I think we were the only ones that didn't come in on their private jet. But, um, you know, it was, it was kind of odd to find out that here I was Bruce's best friend. I tell you what, if you have a best friend, let them know it. It's nice to know. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm still in remorse a little bit. My best friend is just, you know, uh, you know I, I kind of actually consider he played the trumpet. We, we traveled with Brother Hagin's ministry together. But out at the gravesite, you know, there were some places where people can sit and talk. And I walked up to Pastor Bill. I said, wow, he, he's gone. And, and, and Pastor Bill goes, I thought I was your best friend. Uh, seriously, he, he, he actually said that. He said, I, I thought I, I was your best friend. I mean, at this time of mourning, he wanted to make sure that we're, we're, we're good, right? We're, we're, I thought I was your best friend. No, seriously, really, right, right now? You're, yeah, but... You're high on the list. <laughs> Way high on the list. 
we're going to be with you guys till Jesus comes. And I believe there'll be, the time, there'll be times in the upcoming days that Annie and I will, will be a greater blessing than we ever have been to you. I really believe that. I, I've got great confidence in that. We will be a blessing to you guys. And you mark my words, and you know how important my words are. I believe we're going to be a blessing to you guys because I value this. I value it. You know, I have, I don't know if I've ever heard a whole message by Pastor Bill. I don't really have to. I've spent time with him. And if you've been a part of this ministry, you've, you've spent time with your pastor. And I, I, I know the richness of what's inside you. If, if you had ears to hear, you know what? You have to have ears to hear. So I was uh, thinking about these meetings. I said, what, what am I going to do? And the, this is interesting. I never had the Holy Spirit tell me this. He says, why don't you give a, a, a ministry highlight, a human live presentation of a highlight reel? Anybody like um, sports highlight reels? Now, I don't know what team you support. Don't even start, okay? Don't, don't even start. You just cast down any imagination you have right now. We're not going there, all right? But do you like the highlight reels where, you know, at the end of the night, you know, they, they, they show you what happened, and it's like, well, cool, I feel like I've been there. Well, as I was thinking about, uh, look what the Lord has done and all the different services we've had, I, I, I started thinking about some of the highlight reels. And uh, thinking about Pastor Bill being such a, a teacher, I mean, an awesome teacher of the Word of God. And uh, I started thinking about one message that I, I had ministered here, and it was about forgetting the past. And uh, Paul said this in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, one thing I do, He said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I press towards the mark, the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul said, I know a lot of things. Some of you know Paul knew a lot of things, wrote nearly three-fourths of the New Testament. He said, I know a lot of things, but here's one thing I know that I know that I know. Here's one thing I got, and and actually it's it's an, an instruction and direction from the Holy Spirit is to forget my past. Sometimes to embrace the grace. Everyone say, I want to embrace the grace. Now, I know that rhymes, but that really is so true. You have to embrace it. And there's things that you have received in this ministry about righteousness, just that subject alone, which are probably is a good reason why Pastor Bill had that assignment given to him is because Brother Hagin said it's the number one subject every believer needs to find out. And uh, I don't know how many were here when I maybe have ministered this, but I'm going to give you a little quick highlight on it because, again, it goes along with what the Lord had, had done in my life, but it parallels with the word that is at high premium of this church of who you are in Christ. I had gone through uh, one of the most difficult times of my life where someone said something about me that wasn't true. Has anybody in this room besides me ever had someone tell something about you that wasn't true? 
And, and, it, and, it, and it, can, it can hurt pretty deep sometimes, uh, especially who it's communicated with and what it was. And I remember sitting in the, the, the audience uh, at downtown camp meeting. Brother Copeland was uh, up ministering, and he, men- he mentioned, had everyone look on and read Philippians 3.13. I forget those things which are behind, and I was sitting there grieving uh, of the, this situation. And it had uh, the capability of spreading... And it, and it was to pastors. And I'm sitting there, and uh, I begin to think, I thought, and the Holy Spirit said, he said, Kevin, you didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. And I said, that's right. I know I did not miss it. I did not, I'm not guilty of what that minister is saying. And the Holy Spirit said, let it go. Everyone say, let it go. Let it go. You know, there's some things you have to let it go. In order to, you know, uh, Isaiah said, uh, remember not the former things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. And it's difficult for God to do the new thing in you if you're not willing to let it go and forget the old thing. He said, remember not. The Holy Spirit through Paul said, forget those things which are behind. Now, there's some things that we are to remember. Remember not. I mean, uh, Forget not all of his benefits. What the Lord is saying, he's not contradicting himself. What he's saying is, whatever moves you forward in God and gives you instructions that brings you the empowerment to get and receive everything I've given to you, you get to remember those things. If it's something that hinders you or gets in your way from being who you're supposed to be and having what he said you will have, then you have to forget that, those things and those things that happened in your life that didn't go well. So to move forward in God, you have to... Forget those things which are behind. And I was, I was sitting there in, in the grandstands, downtown camp meeting, and uh, the Lord said, you didn't miss it. And then he said this, you know, the Lord will bring you out of something, and then he'll propel you if you'll receive it. He said, you didn't miss it. I said, I, I know I did not miss it. He goes, he said, Kevin, what would, how would you live your life if you had never missed it? How much victory, how would it affect your life if you had never, ever missed it? If you had never made a mistake, you never had any failure, you never missed it, you not only didn't get offended, you have never offended anyone. He said, what if you had never missed it? How much faith, how much, how would it affect your faith and how much victory could you begin to walk in? And the Lord took me like a little mini vision of how a lot of people in the church. Now, here's something. If you don't remember this, if you were around when I did this, you would remember this because it's hard to unsee it, all right? But I'm going to demonstrate what a lot of people, even in the body of Christ, looks like today. The Lord showed me in the spirit realm what a lot of Christians look like. And if you'll permit me to show you this, as weird as it is, I'm going to let you see something. Are are, are you with me? Are you... How many, how many of you'd like to see this strange thing? Paul said, I press. He's pressing. One translation says, I strain with every nerve which that which lies ahead. I press, I strain with every nerve in me for that which I'm going to lay a hold. I'm pressing 
for that which is ahead. You know, the word says, uh, if a man puts his hand to the plow and even looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom. So here's a lot of Christians not willing. The problem is, is they're pressing. They're, they, they desire more from God. We can sing the song all day, not, all day long. Lord, I want more of you. But if you're in this posture, there's no more. If this is your posture where you're pressing over here saying, I want more, and yet you're holding on to and not willing to let go of whatever possibly could be holding you back from acceleration in God, then you have an invitation this morning to go from this posture to this posture. And I tell you what, I found out you can run a lot faster in that posture because if you're in this posture trying to run your race, you're going to look like a hermit crab. I'm sorry you had to see that. I apologize. But I have no other way to demonstrate that. But there's a lot of people that run their race like that, always holding on to something, a grudge, something that where they feel like they were not treated right, wrong associations, things that didn't go like you thought they should go. So God says, embrace the grace. Galatians 2.20 says, remember, we're talking about what you've been receiving from this ministry for a long time, your position in God. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ now lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he goes on to say, I will not frustrate the grace. How could you frustrate grace? By not embracing what he said about you and what, who he said you are and what he said he has provided for you, that's how you frustrate the grace. The grace is always reaching out to you, but you will not embrace that grace if you're in this posture. Brother Cedric, would you come up to the platform with me? And uh, I'm going to get a microphone so you can prophesy for the next 10 minutes. I'm going to go sit down. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, come on, brother. Stand right here. The Lord showed it to me like this. Uh, if you could ever get this reality on the inside of you, it will rock your world. It will change your life forever. When he said, I've been crucified with Christ, one translation says this, I now consider myself as having died, and I'm now enjoying a second existence, and that's Jesus now using my body. I now consider myself as having died, and then I'm now enjoying a second existence, and that's Jesus using my body. So what happened that day that you received Jesus? This is your earth suit. Looks pretty fine to me. But Jesus came up to you, and he unzipped this earth suit. And then Jesus did one of these numbers. Boom! And he says, that was you. You were on your own. But I have moved inside... And now your hands are my hands, your feet are my feet. Wherever you go, I go. Whenever you talk, I talk. We're going in this life together. We're going together. We're going together. That's what he has provided for you. (laughs) Woo! Woo! Now listen, if you haven't gotten that picture on the inside of you, that's why you're sitting out there going... Here's a man for 30 years that's been hearing, 
He's been hearing what that man has been saying, and he actually bought in. He actually bought in. You hear what I'm saying? If you've been a part of this church for a while, that's what you should have gotten. <laughs> Hallelujah. Happy anniversary, family church. That should put a fire in you. That should make you so free. That should make you excited that tomorrow, every day, is new mercy, new grace. There's a new supply of anointing and a supply of the Spirit for me. God's going with me. He, he indwells me wherever I go, wherever my feet go, whatever I touch. He said he would bless everything where my feet would go, everything that I touch, he'll bless it. If you haven't seen the effects of it, like you hear Brother Cedric's testimony up there, maybe you need to, like, actually believe it. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's part of the highlight reel. That's the first highlight. I remember ministering that here. Amen. Something recently, the, you know, in line with, of all the churches, you know, we were at dinner last night at the... Uh, Jim and Nick's, and uh, something came up about these one pastors over in Andalusia, and Andy and I were just saying how much we loved them and how great they were, and Fredna spoke up. She goes, uh, she turns to Pastor Bill, and she goes, I wonder what they say when they talk about us to other people. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if they have great things to say about us. You know, it's like, I don't know if she was kind of pulling for me to go ahead and gush over them or what. Yeah, I think she was. T- tell us how good we are. You know, it's like. I was sitting there going, well, should I? I thought, no, I'll save it. <clears throat> but you know what? Uh, this is probably one of the, the safest churches in the world. The, the stickler for the word. We got that from Brother Hagin. You can talk all you want to, but at the end of the day, what, it, what did God say? Well, uh, my truth is, we don't want to hear your truth. Your truth is the one that's been modified from the truth. When someone says, well, my truth is, okay, how's that working for you? Uh, There's the truth. He is the way. There's one truth. And uh, when I think about them, I I think about absolutely stability. Stability. And, and I, I know how much they love you in this ministry because I have spent so much time with them. And I hear the compassion and I hear the love and the, the, the concerns of making sure we're doing everything the way God wants it done. You have no idea what it's like to be a pastor of a church. They've got their issues, their situations and problems and things that they have to face. And then all of yours. All of yours. But what has sustained them and Drant Ministries? We decided we were going to put the word first place. No matter what comes, no matter what comes our way, God's word is going to prevail. That's why Mark chapter 4, why don't you turn there if you can. We'll actually turn to a verse in case someone needs a verse. You know, sometimes if you don't bring out a verse, then Mark chapter 4, I was getting ready to minister at a church, and uh, this church expects 
the prophetic. They, 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 they expected us to come and say something was, thus saith the Lord. Like, there was a stamp on a new year. It was a new year service. They, they wanted, they trusted us to come there with a word that was going to brand the year. And I, and I knew it. And, and uh, I, I oftentimes wake up at 4.30 in the morning where God uh, seems to like that hour of the morning. It's not the traveling minister's favorite time, I'm just telling you. But 4.30 is it with me and the Lord. That's when it, everything happens. And uh, I had begun to ask the Lord, Lord, we're, we're getting ready to go to this church that they're expecting a word. What, 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 what would be that word for them and for the, or this year? <clears throat> and the Lord woke me up two mornings in a row. Have you found Mark? Mark chapter 4. Again, this is a parallel thing uh, the Lord shared with me that I think is in perspective to this church's ministry and journey. It uh, reflects what has been of the utmost importance in this ministry. I remember when Keith Moore, years ago, started his ministry, I believe in Branson, his first title of his message was, Where in the Word is That? Because everyone has an idea how you ought to do your ministry and how you ought to start a church. And so his, his first message, just to help clear everything out of the way, he says, Where in the Word is that? Again, it's not about your truth, it's about his truth. But you have to hear and be open to the truth and his word. But it says here in Mark chapter 4, two mornings in a row, I was taken to this by the Holy Spirit, was highlighted. He says, take heed what you hear. Luke says, take heed how you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. And then we go on to see that uh, God's not a socialist. For whoever has, to him, more will be given. Well, isn't that interesting? The government tries to do other things. Not trying to get political here. But for whoever has, to him, more will be given. So if you have ears to hear, take heed what you hear. For how you hear and what you hear, how and what you hear, that's the determination of how much you will receive from God. And to him that has, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Amen? Two mornings in a row that came up in my spirit. And the next morning, Annie came to me. Our date night is coffee in the mornings, where we turn on the news for a few minutes or as long as we can take it. Because most of the time, how many of you know that in John's gospel where Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit. And he's not going to speak of himself, but whatever he sees the Father do, he'll show it to you. And whatever he hears the Father say, he'll speak it unto you. And then he said, uh, he will guide you. Well, if he's guiding, I want to be following. And then he goes, he will show you. Well, if he's showing, I want to be seeing so you'll have a spirit of seeing and knowing. So if he's guiding, you're following. If, if he's showing, you want to be seeing. If he's speaking, I want to be hearing. <clears throat> and uh, so we're having breakfast, coffee together. And by the way, there's a, a new mug you need to have. <clears throat> it's called the Ember Mug. It's Bluetooth. 
And if you pour your coffee into it, for like four hours, it'll keep it the temperature, exact temperature you want. It's called ember. Now, I come to Brer Good Things. I've, I've come. We make no money from it. I'm just, t- I'm just leaving impartations. You can receive it or not. But we got these new mugs, <clears throat> and they're amazing. So we're having date night in the morning, watching a little news, having our hot coffee through the whole time we're drinking. And because we used to have to open the microwave about five times to keep it hot, you know, no more of that. No, no, it stays hot right there. And uh, she comes up to me and she goes, uh, would it be okay if I pray that God would show you something that we're supposed to preach at this next meeting since they're believing for a prophetic word? And I look at her and say, what's wrong with you and your like relationship with the Lord? You know, why don't you pray and get something? You know, like, oh yeah. So she goes, can I pray that God would wake you up at 430 in the morning and show you what we're supposed to do? <laughs> Well, isn't that nice of you? Well, what was interesting was the Lord had already woken me up for the last two nights. And you know what? I didn't even remember or think to tell her that the Lord had already woken me up two mornings in a row. It didn't even dawn on me when she asked me that question. And I had to face the reality that I didn't put a value on it. Not even enough to remember what the Lord two mornings in, the, in a row had woken me up saying. You know, you got to be careful when you're at church. Is it, is it Jess in the media? What is it? Reese. Brother Reese, you got that first video? You got to be careful when you're hearing the word of God that you're not like this first Fourthly, character. Hopefully, the man of God will have a devotional life. Turn it up, please. I read a survey some time ago. Three percent of seminary students in that particular denomination wasn't the Southern Baptist, did not have a systematic devotional life. <coughs> if I didn't have a systematic demo- devotional life, I couldn't go on. I couldn't have a ministry. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you're in the ministry for. Because that's where your power comes from. Is in your closet with God, in the study of the Word, and in prayer. If our Lord Jesus had to spend all night in prayer, came to church, you were like this guy. Because when I look at congregations, and, and I see that guy out here. <clears throat> I promise you, I do. See, you don't know it, but I actually can see you. I, I think people think there's a veil. Like the glory cloud is so thick, I cannot see you. But you know, we see you. I see you, sis. The guy looks like he's a soccer player from South America with that shirt. I see you, my brother. Retirement couple in the back. Big smile on you. I see you. All the way in the corner back there. Wave to me. I see you. We're monitoring you. Paul said this to Timothy. He said, I want to see your face. Because when I see your face, I might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So that's why Joel Osteen can't be your pastor, because he can't see your face. You might be able to see his, but he can't see yours. So that's why when Pastor Bill gets up here, he can see your eyes, and he can help perfect that which is lacking in your, in your faith. But the, the, over the years, you know, in the last 30 years, I'm sure you've seen some meerkats, <laughs> some people out there. <clears throat> and, it, and it matters that uh, you are a good hearer. And I have found out this. The only way you can be a good hearer of the word is if you're listening with the intent of doing. Because James says, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, what does it say? 
you're blessed. No. He said, you'll be deceived. But a man who's a hearer of the word and a doer, he will be what? Blessed in all of his deeds. And those of you, get ready for the second video. Those of you that haven't been the doer of the word and you've just been a hearer of the word, you might be like this next character. They did show him jumping in it again, so we missed that part. But see, you may know, how many of you know some church members just like that guy? You know, they heard the word, you talk to him in the parking lot, they're all jacked up, they're excited, man, I'm going to start a new business, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some big things, you know, and then uh, six weeks later you go, and now, now where's John? You know, he's back over in the ditch. He's back over in the ditch. And the thing is, there's a difference. See, faith is not knowledge, and knowledge is not faith. Faith are people who hear the word, and they're doers of it. If you've been a part of this ministry, the longer you've been a part of this ministry, you should have enough word in you that can light nations up on fire. So uh, we were going to this church, and I was just meditating on this. Take heed what you hear. Hear. God wants us to hear. I was at a church, and six weeks prior to being at this church, the pastor started ministering to his congregation. He said, let's believe God to hear on a level we've never heard before. Come on now. Let's hear. Now, we're talking about what the Lord has done. Praise God. But I'm talking about something about us being propelled forward. What if... For some of you that got so turned on to the Word of God like the first time you heard it, if we said what we're going to focus on is we're going to hear better than we've ever... Because I believe there's something in this man of God that you have not tapped into yet. I'm very convinced of it. But you have to hear with the intent to do. Are you listening? Now, I had something very, very unusual happen to me. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, woke up from a nap, and when I woke up, I'm looking out the window, and my phone, I, I've literally, I'm getting ready to do this New Year's Eve service. My Bible's open to Mark chapter 4, where Mark is saying, take heed what you hear. I'm getting ready to do a New Year's service in an hour and a half. My Bible's open, I'm looking out the window, and Tim Rogers sends me something on my phone. My phone goes, ching, ching. I'm sitting there in the chair, Bible open to Mark 4, 24, and this next picture comes up on my phone. You can't make this up. It doesn't say, happy new Year says, Happy New Ear. Everyone say this, Lord, give me a new ears. Lord, give me new ears. Everyone say it again, Lord, give me new ears. Lord, give me new What's ears. happening is here, he's, he's not just, you know the story where 
servant of the priest came and tried to arrest Jesus, exposing Jesus and the disciples, and it ticked Peter off, and he drew a sword out. And I, I don't think he was going for the ear. I think he was going all out for the head, man. And I think it was one of, like, one of those Matrix movies, you know, where, where, you know, this servant went like this, and the sword went like that and caught the ear instead of the whole head. And then the ear went tumbling over on the sand under the bush, and then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, go get the ear. And then Peter's like, you know, like, he's searching under the bush for, you know, now the, ear, the ear's got sand on it from rolling across, and then he's having to brush it off, you know. Shamely gives it, gives it back to Jesus. But what's happening here, he's not just replacing his ear, he's replacing his hearing. My Bible's open. Take heed what you hear. A missionary from Mexico sends me this picture for my New Year's Eve service. Happy New... If you have a new ear, you're going to have a new year. If you have a new ear, you are going to hear some things... That's going to enable you to do some things. There's some things waiting for this church now, after the establishment, to do and to go where you have to go. It takes a while to build great, it's like lumber. You know, we think seed time and harvest is tomato plants, but in Portland, Oregon, they plant crops that takes 20 years. And they say these trees, the moment they're harvested, They'll replant new saplings for a harvest that's coming in 20 years. There's some things that have happened that are done costumbres for 30 years that will cost elevate. And now you stand at the place where you can press And now, as you begin to as you begin to move forward, as you started back then, now you declared the prestelevente. And it's from a different prostor avante. And as you bought bronze dingin brasto, you caramata, and the acceleration will brasto levente. In the beginning, it is like a garden. In the beginning, you plant, and in the same season, you reap. Because you're planting small things at small, in small steps. And you're beginning to eat the fruit of just what you say day to day to day. But in order to build, in order to build, there are strong plantings that need to come up. And it takes roots established. And so now you are a tall tree. And now you are an established tree and rooted and grounded. And so the things that you say come from a higher place, come from a broader place, come from a stronger place. And so that all the things that you say and come to pass have such a strength behind them, they will carry you further and they will be broader and bigger and stronger. And it is not just the same as the fruit that you have planted and you eat in the same season. But no, the things that you have spoken and the things that have been declared come from now this place of strength. And this broad place. And this strong place. And it will propel and sustain the ministry for years to come. It is now in a place of sustenance and sustaining grace. Hallelujah. It is no longer in the planting phase, of course, but it is in the sustaining force. Hallelujah. 
of faith. Hallelujah. So begin to declare once again with the same enthusiasm you declared at the beginning when you saw it come to pass in the next week or the next month or the next six months. And when you declare things now, know that they come from this place of of strength. And the things that you declare, you will declare that may not even happen in your lifetime should the Lord tarry, but they will happen. And you will say some things that will establish, establish for years and years to come. Not only for this church, but for your family. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So use that place of strength to declare over your children and your grandchildren. And not just for the pastors, but for those who have taken these things to heart in your own lives. You now have also sustained. It is not just about them. But you have come to a place now where you are trees of righteousness, Mm -hmm. the planting of the Lord. And from that place, know that you declare a thing and you decree a thing. And it is now coming from a broader place in you because you have proven him time and time and time again. So take your place. You forest of trees, take your place and declare and decree over your family, over your household, over your influence, and watch me perform it, says the Lord. I am faithful. Hallelujah. Could you just lift your hands? Hallelujah. For the next phase. For the next phase, we receive that word, don't we? We receive, everyone say, I receive that word. I'm going to walk in the light of that word because I have ears to hear. I hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I hear and I obey. Hallelujah. I hear and I obey. Hallelujah. Well, that's the second highlight reel. Are y'all liking these highlights? Y'all liking the the highlight thing? You liking it? Another uh, message I referred to earlier is about El Shaddai. There's a reason why God has a number of different, uh, you know, I'm aware of at least 10 that I have looked at. But Jehovah Rapha, what does it mean, church? Your healer. Jehovah Jireh, what does it mean, church? Jehovah Shalom. There's a reason why God has different names. I remember hearing about and saw a video of a, an experience, a spiritual vision that Jesse Duplantis had where he went to heaven. He has this video called uh, Close Encounters of the God Kind. And in this vision, he, when he went to heaven, cutting a few things out here, he finally made it to the throne of God, and Jesus stepped out of the throne. And Jesse said he asked the Lord one of the stupidest questions he could ask him. He said, well, I see you and I see the throne. He goes, where's the Holy Spirit? And Jesus said, Jesse, he's on the earth. And Jesse was like, oh, I knew that. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit is on the earth with us. You saw the demonstration 
Holy Spirit, Jesus stepping on the inside and the Holy Spirit moving on the inside of you if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, he was looking at the throne of God and he saw the angels going around the throne and, and the angels, every time they went around the throne, they kept saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Brother Jesse asked the Lord, he goes, why do these angels, these heavenly creatures keep saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He said, because every time they go around the throne of God, they see another part of God they've never seen before, and all they can say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's different names for God that reveals his character in parts of his provision. God as Elohim is the one who established and created all natural laws. Seed time and harvest, the law of lift, the law of gravity. These laws are on the earth for great reason, and uh, these laws will not be overridden unless God chooses to. Elohim re- revealed himself when he brought his, when Abraham brought his tithe to Melchizedek. He was the holy one of Israel, or Elohim. But there was a promise that Abram had that he was going to have a seed that was going to be so many, so vast, that he even showed him the stars in the middle of the night and said, see all the stars? Your generation, the generation that will come for you, will be more than you can number in the sky. Well, at that time, he was about 86 years old, and so they weren't doing well at having children, Sarai and Abram. And so God had a, a time of disappointment because, uh, you know, man will try to make things happen that God said, I'm going to do, and if you don't have it on your timetable, sometimes we try to help God out. God sometimes just really don't need your help. And matter of fact, I remember when the Lord told Dr. Dufresne one time, he said, get off of my part. He goes, your job is to do the trusting. My job is to do the doing. Quit trying to do the doing. You do the trusting. Are you all here today? Sometimes we work so hard, work two and three jobs, trying to do the doing. And God wants you to do the trusting. And so uh, they thought, well, we'll just have Abram sleep with Hagar. And they had a, a son, Hagar, that really wasn't the promised seed. Because there was a child that they were supposed to have, Abram and Sarai, and his name was going to be Isaac. But Abram and Sarah thought, we'll help God out. And as a result, God didn't speak to them again for 14 years. You know, sometimes trying to do things on your own will cause you doll doll of hearing for 14 years. Are you hearing today? Everyone's saying, I'm hearing. You know, sometimes all you got to do is back up to the last thing he said and do that, and all of a sudden everything begins to work right. But God, see, he won't bless you to lose you, and he won't pay you to disobey him. So if you'll just determine that God's ways are higher than your ways, his thoughts are higher than your thoughts, are higher than the heavens are from the earth, and say, I'm going to obey God no matter how my flesh likes it or not. I don't care what everyone else is saying. I know what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. There's, a, there's an understanding of what the, the instructions of the Lord that he's showed to me. It could be helping in this church and helping in the, in, in the helps. I'm just, just one example. Maybe he's dealt with your heart. You need to be more hooked up, more involved. Well, some things are just not going to quite click into the right 
mode as it should be until you say yes, whatever it is. Whatever it is. But they tried to help God out, and for 14 years they didn't hear from the Lord. And so in the 17th chapter, all of a sudden, it says that Almighty God, that's El Shaddai, he shows up, and there's a reason why he shows up and reveals himself as the other part of who he is that Abram needed to know in order for what Elohim had said because there's something standing in the way from what God said, and and that is their bodies were now dead from childbearing. So in order for what God said was going to come to pass, God was going to have to override a natural law. God, as El Shaddai, is the mighty warrior, the the great and mighty breasted one can take care of all of his children all at the same time. He has that ability. Now, in year 2000, and I preached this message here, I soak on, I meditate on this. I practically wrote word for word all of Brother Jerry Savell's message, but the Lord gave him a word in 2000 about this new definition for El Shaddai, and that is El Shaddai is the one who can supersede accelerate, reverse, and override natural law. Now, let me explain real quick. And if you can't get excited and happy about this, if we can't celebrate around this, I can't help you today. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm at a loss. Every believer has to have an aha moment in God. There's two things I'm convinced. I've been in the ministry since I was two. I'm 62 years old. Every believer... You, to, to have the super on your natural, you have to either have revelation that God not only wants to, but he's able to, to do everything he said. You heard their testimony. They walked with El Shaddai, where it looked like there was no way he's the way maker. That's why it doesn't take them long to shout. They have a memory. All you got to have a do is have a memory. I remember when I almost died. I remember when my mom put her arms underneath me and laid me on the dining room table, and I, I was barely breathing. My face was blue and gray because I had the worst case of asthma a child could ever have and the worst allergies a child could ever have. My dad walked in and said, what's wrong with Kevin? Well, we either have to have a miracle right now or we're going to have to rush him to the hospital. And they stood back for a moment. They were prayers every morning, fellowship with the Lord. They didn't just have faith principles. They knew him. Pentecostals know him. Pentecostals walk with him. They just don't work and push buttons and work formulas. They know him, the author, the finisher of your faith. And they just took a moment and they said, God, either there's power in the blood or there's not. Either there's power in the name or there's not. But we know there is. And they read, they bend over and they put their hands on me and they said, we command breath and life to flow into him right now. I took the biggest breath of air and I've never had another asthma attack from that moment right there. But my parents knew the miracle worker. My parents had a relationship with God. My parents were Pentecostals. They woke up and started their day seeking first the kingdom. And as a result, they knew the one who could do that miracle. In your life, you need a testimony. 
That's what blessed me about that testimony. I I, want to hear more of of your testimonies because look what the Lord has done. It was all him. You couldn't have done it. If you, if you could have done it, you would have done it a lot sooner. But to really tap into the next level in God and let super on your natural come, you have to have revelation that God's able to do that. And like Mark, the ninth chapter, the 23rd verse, that man brought his son to Jesus. He said, Jesus, can you do anything about my son? And Jesus turned the tables on the man. He said, it's not a matter of whether I can do anything. He said, all things. Everyone say, all things. You know, they did a Greek and Hebrew study on the word all, and guess what they found out it means? I know that's powerful revelation there, but sometimes you just got to make it that simple. He said, all things are possible to him that believes. Believes what? All things are possible to him that believes. If you'll believe me, You'll bring into existence my omnipotence. Everything I've ever said, everything I can do is available to you if you'll just believe me. But when you know you've got revelation that God's capable, like El Shaddai can supersede, reverse, accelerate, and override natural law. You know, the entrance of Jesus to this earth, he overrode. Now, he came on the wings of El Shaddai. Because according to the natural, there is no way it's impossible for a woman who never slept with a man to give birth to a child. Impossible. Am I right? Yes. He came in on the wings of El Shaddai. How do you have a Bible verse that says God's the one who answers before you call? Only a God who inhabits eternity that knows how to fix things before you ask because he knows you're going to ask, and he's capable of arranging things, can actually have it all set up even before you ask. But because he knew you were going to ask, he said, all things are possible. If you'll ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He just looking for you. I, I got on a plane one time. We got bumped from our airlines. We got put on another airline, and they were going to put us way back in the trailer. And as I'm walking on the jetway, I said, Lord, I thank you for two skinny people to sit on both sides of me. And because it was a long flight to San Diego, you know, I thought, I don't want to be all like a sardine in the plane. You know, I thought, Lord, I need some help here. I, I need a seat with two skinny people. No offense. And Annie turned to me and goes, she goes, you, you can't ask that. that. They've already assigned the seats. I said, God is the one who answers before I call. I'll tell you what, I've acted on this. When it seemed like it was after the fact, I said, Lord, I'm asking you now. It looks like it's too late. Remember when Lazarus, they thought it was too late? Jesus said, oh, wait a minute, I haven't got there yet. It's not too late. You remember when uh, Joshua, or or, think about when the prophet Elisha came up to those servants, they had borrowed an axe, and they're all staring in the water because the axe head flew off. A a lead axe head flew off in the water. And the prophet said, well, what's going on here? What's the problem? They said, well, we had borrowed this axe, and it flew it flew off in the water. They go, that's all right. Let, let, let me help you out. He goes over and breaks a branch, throws it in the water, and the axe head swam. According to natural law, according to Elohim, who established natural law, it's impossible for lead to swim from the bottom of the lake to the top of the surface. Just like it's impossible for the sun and the moon to stand still. Elohim doesn't create havoc and confusion when he created all that you and I have seen in our lifetime. But if there's a faith person who needs something, Joshua was in the middle of a battle, 
and he was fighting a war, and he had all these enemies coming against him, and the only thing that would keep him from winning this battle is he had more daylight. So he stepped out of his tent and stood out in the open, and he looked up to the sky and said, Sun, moon, stand still. And to this day, scientists are still trying to figure out why there's 24 hours missing on our calendars. Hey, there's a Bible verse for you, scientists. If you want to follow the science, follow this. Follow this science. Listen, I believe a lot more happened than the sun and the moon standing still. Because if the sun and the moon stood still and all the other planets just kept circling, eventually something Havoc would be brought. There would be planets running into each other. I believe when Joshua, a covenant man, if it takes God to override what Elohim has established in natural law, because El Shaddai is the one who can supersede, accelerate, reverse, and override natural law, if, it, if it's required, if a faith person who has a covenant with God can stand up and say, sun, moon, if there's the basis of the name and the blood and the covenant with God, you can cause God who established natural law and it's caused things to be overridden. That's why we have to record people that have been raised from the dead. Smith Wigglesworth's ministry was with 19 different people raised from the dead. That's impossible according to the natural, but not if you know El Shaddai. Now listen, you think about that. If you look at Romans, the fourth chapter, you will see a description of Abraham as the man who was strong in faith giving glory to God, that no matter whatever God promised, he was able to perform. How many of you know that verse? Every, I mean, you look at that and you think, man, he's the father of faith, the faith of Abraham. We're of the seed of Abraham. Never doubted God. But you know, in the 17th chapter of Genesis, when God said, no, it's not, it's not Ishmael, I want to give you and Sarah, I'm changing your names, the father of nations, and I'm going to call her princess. Sarah is going to be her new name, princess. And you're going to want to sleep with her because you two are going to have a child. And when God spoke that, the the man of faith and power, when God said that to him in the 17th chapter, Abraham fell on his face and laughed in unbelief. Pastor, am I telling the truth? He laughed in the face of God in unbelief. And the interesting thing, it says there, and you can read it yourself in the 17th chapter, he was about 99 years old. In Romans chapter 4, it says when he was about 100 years old, he was full of faith. No matter what the, the situation looked like, he was fully persuaded that whatever God promised, he was able to perform. Now listen, How do you go from 99 years old, doubting God and laughing in the face of God, to almost 100 years where you're this faith giant? He met El Shaddai. He met El Shaddai. Friends, if you have the revelation inside of you that you're never stuck, because the one that you're joined together with, has the unlimited power and ability to do anything and everything you need him to do. You're never at a dead-end road with God. Never, ever stuck. Never facing a situation that is impossible for him. 
Oh, my. Come on. Come on. Come on. I think we have a reason to rejoice a little bit. That that's, if you're a part of Harvest Family Church, that's us. This is what we stand for, church. We are Pentecostals, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the spirit of faith. We have a covenant with God that we know that there's nothing impossible with him that believes. That God is capable, that he can do anything and everything that we need him to do. And when you get fully persuaded, Brother Nikki, do you have a testimony today? Sister Mona, do you have a testimony today? Has he done anything for you? Has he come through for you? Did it look like there was no way? Did your husband look like he was going to die right there in front of your eyes? But if I'm looking right, I see a man sitting right next to you that looks as healthy as a man could be. And you said at the the dinner table, if it wasn't for my church, if it wasn't for this man over here, I wouldn't be alive right now because you're connected to the anointing. You're connected to the lifeline of how God set up authority in his body. You came in contact with the super on your natural. And it's because there's a man of God and there's a church that has been raised up. What's that? Hallelujah. Come on, church. Can we just praise God for a moment? Now, if he does, if he can do that for them, he'll do it when you and you're in time of need. He'll do it for you. I said, he'll do it for you. I said, he'll do it for you. Come on, say, he'll do it for me. And because we know this God, because we know this God, this is why we rejoice. This is why we celebrate. There's a song, an old song that says, celebrate the presence of the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. Celebrate the presence of the Lord. How's it go? That's it. There's something else there I'm thinking about. He's worthy. We have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to celebrate his presence in our lives. We have a reason to celebrate that we have a covenant. We have a a reason to celebrate that he... He transferred you out of the kingdom of darkness and he translated you into the kingdom of his dear son and he's no longer holding anything over you. He has made you whiter than the whitest snow. He made you a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There's nothing he's holding up against you. He made you righteous blood by the blood of Jesus. And he put his spirit, his dunamis, dynamite, explosive miracle power on the inside of you. That you could do the same works of Jesus on this earth. He said, if you believe in me and the works that I do, shall you do also. And greater works shall you do. But because I go unto my Father, if you believe in me, nothing's impossible. There is a match to be lit, and faith is the match. And all you got to do is ignite the power of God that's on the inside of you, and you'll have an explosion in your body. You'll have an explosion in your home. You'll have an explosion in your finances because there is nothing that God will do for one of his covenant people. And that's why we can rejoice. That's why we can shout. That's why we can be glad in the Lord. 
He is the greater one. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I was at a church in Orlando and someone kind of got a little excited like this woman did. She got over here and I mean, she was just going for it. I mean, she was just praising God. And, and, and so you could tell some of the people are going there. What, what, what's she shouting about? Well, the pastor happened to know her situation. The pastor got him to go, if you knew half of what she's gone through, if you know half of what God has done for you, if you just had a memory of what he did for you, you would be dancing and you would be shouting and you would be rejoicing also. Oh, praise the Lord. Some of y'all just stay with that little token shout of yours. I'm just going to give a little, a little shout. You know, I heard a minister say, if you're not into your praise, what makes you think God is? David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. He took the bear. He took the lion. He took the giant. He had a reason. I said, Lord, why did you do, why did you do so much for David? He said, because he loved my presence. He loved my presence. Well, maybe that's just this crazy bunch, their personality. Well, how about you needing a verse? Because my Bible says in Psalms chapter 5, but let those that rejoice, but let those that put their trust in the Lord rejoice and be glad. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will you surround him with a shield. The Bible says that if you put your trust in the Lord, there's something ought to come out of you. And that's some joy, and that's some gladness, and that's some shouting, and that's some being glad. It says this in Psalms 32. It says this in verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. And shout for joy, all you that are upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. You know, God doesn't just ask and invite you if you want to praise him. But I do know this. When we magnify the Lord, God looks bigger to you. When you praise God and you shout for what he has already done and what, he has already, what he's already promised you, when you shout in advance before you see it, he'll let you see it. I said, if you'll shout in advance before you see it, he'll let you see it. Some of you are a shout away. Some of you are just a shout away. I'm telling you, some of you are just a shout away. Just a shout, a shout away. Some of you need to find your shout. So I'm just telling you, somebody, somebody, some of you, you just need to find a shout. Smith Wigglesworth said this, some people would be faith giants if they only had a shout. For some of you, the only thing that's left from you receiving your harvest, for you receiving your breakthrough, for you receiving what God's promised you, is just a shout away. Listen, this year's not over. We're just in the middle of it. What could God do for you if you ignited your faith again and began to praise him like you once did at some point where you were on fire for God? Am I in a Presbyterian church or am I in a Pentecostal church? Come on, church. 
Are you all Pentecostals? Do you have the Holy Ghost? I tell you, this church ought to be one of the most shoutingest churches in, in Montgomery today. Look what the Lord has done. I said, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. This, this church has reason to be glad. This church has reason to rejoice. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> He'll fill your mouth with laughter. He'll fill your mouth with laughter if you just give him an inch of your heart. If you'll just give him an inch, let your flesh just be put aside. Listen, everybody out there knows what church you go to. You might as well enjoy it. They know you're a part of this church. Listen, if you, if you need a description of what, how faith works, it's right here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved with various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perished, though it be tested with fire, may be found to the praise, the honor, the glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, you love. How many of you can testify you love the Lord? Come on. Whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him. There's three things I want you to see. Yet believing, everyone say believing. believing. After believing, it says, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And then what comes after that? Receiving the end of your faith. Whom you haven't seen, you love, yet you haven't seen them, yet you haven't seen him, you believe. And then it says, you believe, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, then the thing that comes right after rejoicing. Listen, if you want to be a good receiver, you're going to have to be a good praiser and rejoicer. I said, if you're going to be a good receiver, because right after rejoicing comes receiving the end of your faith. You believe, you rejoice, you receive. Everyone say, I believe, I rejoice, I receive. Say it again. I believe, I rejoice, I receive. I believe, come on, let it get it down on you. I believe. I believe in El Shaddai. I believe he can do it. I believe, I rejoice. I receive. What comes before receiving? Rejoicing. What comes just before receiving? Now listen, I, I, I know, I know, I, I know some of you. I know it's mind-boggling that something as simple as praising and shouting and rejoicing could accelerate your miracle. I know it doesn't make sense, but neither does Psalm 67, verse 5, that says, let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee, then shall the earth yield its increase, and God, even our own God, will bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. What 
did he say comes right before God saying to the earth, give it up for them. Cause increase to come to them. And God giving the command when you give the command. What goes right before your increase? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. I don't know what you need, but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Do you need anything from God? I said, do you need anything from God? Do you think you might need something from the Lord? Then he said, after believing comes rejoicing. Can you stand to your feet and just pretend you're happy? Just go ahead and, and act like for a moment you actually believe the Bible. You actually believe what God said. You believe that if you do what God said, you'll have what God said. We're not going to dry up. 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 You're not going to dry up, Harvest Family Church. You're not going to be an old Presbyterian church. I'm just telling you right now. To, be, to rejoice means to be cheerful, to brighten up. To rejoice means to shout, to creak with a loud sound, to jump to be glad to spin around under the influence of any violent emotion. To sing and shout out loud. All you need to do is be in the Spirit. And that's to be more aware of God than you are of yourself. If for just a moment you could actually put your flesh under and actually hap act happy. And then you might look like this next character. One more, one more video for you. One more video. Look at my happy, happy guy. Oh, just a happy, happy, happy guy. Oh, just a look at that a happy, oh, the happy dog. Oh, just a happy, happy, happy. Now, that's what Pastor Bill wants you to be like. God bless you today. Happy anniversary, Pastor Bill.